Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center for C, but the name is meaningful and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of, so I thank you for listening. I'm here with Tisha from the Slightly Unmeditated Podcast channel, of course, as always, my friend. How are you today? I'm very centered today, and I also would be remiss if I did not mention that it is our anniversary month. I don't remember what day we actually met, but it is August. We have known each other for a year. Happy anniversary. We have known each other a year. That's right. I don't remember the exact dates, but it was August that we were at the retreat together. Yep. Yeah, I think it was later August, but by the time this airs, it'll be later August, so (laughs) we're all good. (laughs) So we'll be right on. And this is our 45th episode. Yes, ma'am. 45. Find your center. 45. So today's topic is finding common ground despite differing views. So I thought this might be useful for people as it's causing a lot of frustration. And, you know, it always has, but it is, again, it's just you know, finding that common ground and, and how we do that, I thought would be a useful topic. And hopefully it won't be like an evergreen topic forever, because (laughs) hopefully people are trying to find ways to find common ground, because it's such a hot topic, right? It's such a, uh, a mess of that out there now that you can almost not say anything you know, you have to be very careful with your words. It's true. It's very, it's very difficult. And I guess that's a good starter point is really if you find yourself on the polar ends, maybe finding common ground is exactly what we can do. We have to, you know, move a little bit towards each other. And really my, the, the actual first point I, I jotted down on this subject is connecting with our common humanity is a way to find common ground because even anyone that you disagree with and have differing views with find frustrating, irritating, um, don't like their views. We are all human beings. So there's our common ground. In many ways, they are just like you. And we can use that um, just like me kind of technique in self-coaching as, you know, you, when you find your ego really wrapping its its uh, tentacles, I was going to say, but really like digging its teeth into, oh, this person is evil. You know, they, in many ways, they are just like me. You know, we, we can use that as a self-coaching tool to find, you know, just like me, they love, they need, they are worthy. Um, we both want to be safe and happy. And really it might be that your differing views are around how to get that, how, how to go about getting that happiness and love and need and security and worth and all of that. So keeping that in mind, um, you know, we are all human beings in this together. I just saw a story and I don't remember where it was, like Norway or Denmark. Instead of when you go to the library, instead of checking out a book, you can check out a person and talk to them for 30 minutes about their life story. And they're doing it in an effort to, um, make people realize like that they have a lot more common ground than they really thought that they did. And a lot of it, the people that you rent, you know, quote unquote, to are perhaps like homeless people or somebody from a different walk of life that you may not otherwise get a chance to talk to. So what a fabulous idea. But I wonder how many people here would actually take the opportunity to do it. What a beautiful initiative. Yeah. I had, boy, I wish I could remember. I don't remember the name of it, but there was this, you know, media producer doing a show with, by specifically pulling people together on a podcast for differing views or a video for differing views and just getting to know. And it was about common humanity. It was like even, you know, the, the two completely opposite opposing views 
getting to know each other because when we get to know each other, it's harder to hate each other. And that again, because of common humanity, we're like, oh, you have kids that you love too. And I have, you know, parents I love too. And, you know, they're finding that common ground. Yeah. And it's interesting because I don't think people actually hate each other, but there are people that hate the idea of other people without even knowing the other people, forgetting that we're all humans together. In the, in that concept of other is, is extremely damaging that concept of other. If we can start moving to the common ground that, that they aren't other, that they may be different than us. And, and recently I was just, I like historical fiction and I was just reading, um, Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, and it it's about the Dust Bowl. And so when people were leaving Texas and moving, um, because the land was just blowing dust storms everywhere and they couldn't even breathe and it was getting deadly. So people are trying to find work and they had to just abandon their land, which was hard. Then just drive with your family and the belongings you can carry even harder. And then you get somewhere and everyone was treating them like dirt, mm. literally. And they are, and they were dirty and didn't have much and were in living in tents, uh, you know, tents around their trucks or just by the side of the river. And, and it was just to read it, even though this, this was fiction, but with the, the historical principles, just how any one of us could be someone in need like that. Like we might think not, but that was such a clear example of where you could see through the character's eyes. I am, I'm a middle-class person who's just been, you know, pushed off the, their land and now looking for any type of work. I'm not less than human and being treated like less than human. Yeah. Because of the fear of the people in California receiving all these people coming, looking for work and how scary that was to them. Yeah. So it just, just reminds when you read something like that from the point of view of that main character, you can really get in touch with, but for the grace of God go I and that, that, that common humanity, like this could happen. It does. It's, it was not foreseeable to any of them who owned land and farmed and then the drought came and it didn't go away for years. Right. And I was just watching a real time video today about it was a, an interview kind of off the street sort of interview. And I was just blown away by how people were. I don't even remember the specific specifics of the question and i really didn't want to be political at all but along the lines of they were talking about you know immigrants or whatever but but the people who were speaking didn't even seem to realize that they were human people you know <laughs> that you know yeah like they were robots or something that that were taking over the land and it was just like Mind blowing because I, I, you could see in their face that they don't really understand what they're saying. Like they're not, they're not catching on to what they're saying. And my first thought was, what if it was you that were, you know, suddenly without a house or, or a tornado blew your house down, you had no food and you had to be a person going and asking other people for help, you know, but you could see it wasn't even a thought that, that crossed their mind, you know. That's yeah, I know. In a perfect world, I would like to see us uh, see everyone as he is it, it that it you know it could be us. It could be us, and where we can help, where we can, and and that you know, despite differing views, differing positions, differing um, circumstances, life circumstances. You know, how, how I guess it's the golden rule of compassion, treating others the way we would like to be treated. Again, that's one of those sayings that people just say flippantly. And I don't know that everybody sits down and actually thinks they, you know, really thinks about what it means. It's a cliche that's thrown around haphazardly and not like, oh, wow, well, I could be in that situation. Instead of watching flood victims recover, I could be one of those people. We've seen weird shit happen. Sorry, weird stuff happening. <laughs> like, 
in different parts of the country, that's never happened. I mean, I'm in the East Coast, and it's like Arizona desert out here. We haven't mowed the grass in like two and a half months because there's no grass to mow. Everything is dead. You know, it's been a, in almost 100 degrees every day. That's that's not normal, you know? Right. <laughs> Anything right. can happen. And and we do see lots of evidence that people do help each other and, you know, rush in, bringing the resources, sharing with their neighbors, you know. Um, so there is a lot of that, too. So not to not to skew the per- perception, sure. too. So many, many people do find common ground that way and move into action to help. Um the second point was mindfulness. So in, in a way of finding common ground, mindfulness helps because it, when we are mindful, we can get curious over being judgmental. Mm. So rather than judging, um, someone else's behavior or why their view, why they think a certain way, we can get curious as to why they do. We can ask more questions. We can show some intellectual humility, be getting curious and asking questions, wanting to learn more about that, not just trying to refute that. It also requires beginner's mind because maybe you need to be open to hear why someone believes a certain thing and you need to look at something that you've looked at for many years from maybe a position, an opinion with new eyes as well and just be open to that um, we might have had a glitch oh. in the matrix in case i can't edit that out uh, you glitched for a second so i'm not sure what oh i did like later <laughs> yeah I just in case it's something i can't fix uh oh okay they weren't hearing things <laughs> oh sure okay um tr- trust in the future is another point that's mindful you know sometimes we can get very feeling on different ground and feeling like we need to fight to the death, you know, literally or figuratively about something rather than really trusting that things will unfold and and that life is unfolding and moving forward and we can trust in the future and things getting better um, over judging. And again, that feeling of fight to the death. Mindfulness also helps because we can, we can also get curious about our own feelings about it. Like, wow, this person, let's just say, for example, with these differing views is making me so angry, or I'm getting really stressed right now, or I'm getting very uncomfortable because it's supposed to be a picnic or a party or something and and things are getting heated. You can just actually get in tune with what you're feeling, get emotionally aware about the feelings you're having around this situation, this conversation, these views, and, and use that for your betterment as well. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily be there. There's maybe a common ground is everyone learning something about either the issue or themselves. Yeah. So it gives you the pause while you're thinking about your own emotional reaction to the situation instead of reacting to the situation out loud and saying something that maybe you'll regret or, you know, having, having an even worse outcome happen. You take that moment of pause and think like, why does this make me so mad or whatever the emotion is? And then you're not like, you big stupid idiot. Why are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. I, right. I don't advise that. Right. It's yeah. like an active listening is another mindful quality. And that would be listening to learn, even if it makes you uncomfortable because you don't believe in those views, but be open enough to want, you know, intellectual humility actually means you want to learn to find you're seeking the truth, not just trying to be right. So even if we know, we feel like we have the truth, we can listen to someone else with differing views and, and be patient and really truly listen to them and, and get some understanding of why they feel that way. Yeah. And just kind of come around to the fact that you don't always have to be right. <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> sorry, but it, isn't that mind blowing? Yeah. Yes. 
Isn't that mind blowing? I think that that's something that I didn't used to know. And without a doubt, I used to be much feistier in my younger years. And I love what Brene Brown says around that. I'm not here to be right. I'm here to get it right. So in listening and openness is, is a way to do that in, in, and then not being too, another point that I had had too, is like being too defensive, then not being, jumping right to defensiveness and explaining things. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like you have to also consider the person you're speaking to. Like if you, it just kills me how people try to be right against people who they say, doesn't matter what they think of me. And and yet, <laughs> here we are, still trying to prove ourselves, wasting all the energy. Yeah. Well, in it, when I think about defensiveness, too, I, I just thought of it like a silly example, personal example. Um, you know, if somebody said, oh, I see you're taking another day off. It must be nice to be a coach. Mm. And so like, I might feel like, Hey, I work really hard and I've done this, this and this. And, and wouldn't it be silly if I do all that instead of just like laugh it off? Like, do, do I really need to get defensive? I mean, I'm using that as a really kind of obvious example, but I'm sure we have all kinds of examples like that in our own lives. Then we're being defensive and someone's probably just teasing us. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to my favorite podcast and they were doing um this a little while back and he was seeing how he posts pictures like they'll be on a family vacation and someone always will say, must be nice to be rich, you know? And he's like, damn right it is. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You know, we can kind of see and maybe understand why people say that and they're coming from their own perspective and that's okay. Yeah. You know, the, the common ground is they're human, we're human, and we don't need to feel like we have to defend our position on how hard we work and why we deserve that break. It's almost kind of silly, but it might be our knee jerk reaction to do. So taking that pause and and then just think too, you know, what's, what's on the line? Why do I feel so defensive? If you feel that pull to defend yourself, you know, think about how you're offended. Um, think about where you're taking it too personally, then even the person might've meant it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I thought about defensiveness because that's often when we start backing away from someone instead of finding common ground. Yeah. You know, we might even say, oh, I've been known to tease someone before too. And this person is teasing me, right? It's, it's like it, instead we're backing away and, and getting, um, taking ourselves a little too seriously yeah. in, in the moment, potentially. Another point is that there are many perspectives and you know, in some situations, there's a right answer, like two plus two equals four, pretty much all the time, <laughs> right? But in so much else, everything else in our lives, so many things, we're all really just living out a narrative and all of our stories are colliding with each other and our experience, our whole life experience. So what has that person experienced that might ha lead them to have a different view? Right. Versus my life experiences, which lead me to my view. Yeah. Yeah, and I think th there's so much more uh, visibility into people's life ex experience. You think they would catch on. People would catch on like, oh, there's all different kinds of stories. You know, we are all kinds of people growing up into terrible childhood or whatever. It's a lot more commonplace that we're hearing these stories now. And still, it makes it almost makes it worse, you know. Then they start to to compare their traumas. Oh well, you were this, but I was this. Instead of having an appreciation to say, "I'm sorry, you had a bad childhood. So did I. I can relate to you." You know, it becomes a competition of sorts. You are bringing up one of the most um, problematic conversation items 
Uh, I'm botching that, sort of like a deadly sin of communication is yeah. what I'm trying to say, <laughs> which is the one-upmanship. Yeah. Like, oh, you, yeah, I, I'm he now hearing something bad that happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, and looks into what happened to me, rather than just truly kind of being with that individual in yeah. conversation and not throwing your story in on top. And honestly, it's really kind of a natural thing to do because you you are in many ways if you do that, you might actually be trying to normalize it for that other person. So it doesn't mean your intention is bad. It's actually just something you want to watch. Yeah, I'm a thousand percent yeah. guilty of doing this, but as a, a way of, like you said, normalizing it, of saying, I understand where you're coming from. And sometimes it's just a relatability, like, oh, me too. I haven't had somebody else to talk about this or whatever. So that's usually my intention coming not to discredit or discount somebody it's more about engaging in the conversation so but i understand how it could be taken in a wrong way right most of the time we're doing it in in a very well-intentioned way but it is nice to know that little kind of little nuance because it could it you know could be offensive to someone else for sure yeah and with in perspective building too. I, I, I see this a lot in coaching and often I can offer a different perspective to a client that they may not have seen before. And there's generally a lot of appreciation for that. There are many ways to look at the same thing, but often, especially if it's a difficult situation, we ha have a hard time doing that ourselves. Yeah. So even in these conversations that we have, like I've had those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I think about it afterwards and I'm, I'm open-minded to those things, you know, but a lot when you're trapped in your own mess and your own head, you can't see that. So some people take offense to people offering that perspective. Like, you know, they can't see past their situation or whatever. And, and I get that. I I've had those moments, but later I'll probably still think about it and go, well, yeah, maybe <laughs> <laughs> it can be just opening up a little bit to perspectives and, and understanding that because of that, how we could have many different perspectives ourselves, then think about how many different perspectives you can have with a group of people coming together and where the, the views might different might differ. So without a doubt, just understanding that there are a lot of different perspectives. There's a lot of different ways to look at the same thing. Yeah. Another thought I had too is groupthink. So one of the good things about differing views is groupthink can be very dangerous. So that's like when people are too like-minded and I think the term is probably more often used in business. Mm -hmm. but you're in an organization and because people are, you know, maybe a group of executives are kind of all alike. And then also there's a culture of just say yes to the CEO, you know, this kind of thing. A lot of unethical, problematic behavior has happened in organizations when that happens. So this is a way we can actually find, um, find a lot of common ground in appreciating our different views. You want a multifunctional team. You want that cross of different perspectives and tendencies and skill set on the team. You want uh, a, on a group in an organization or in any group setting to be able to speak their mind and see things and speak up and not feel afraid to do so that it's frowned upon, that you have to think all the same. We can even think of terrible tragedies that have happened in the world because people started to think the same way right. and not, you know, not dissent, if you will, that this is the wrong thing to do. I was thinking of the movie Mean Girls. Have you seen that? Where Oh, you no, know, I actually never saw that movie, but I am familiar with it. Yeah, so it's, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. The click mentality, the perfect, you know, girls and whatever. And then they end up not having such a great story. And then, you know, somebody has to come through and bust all the myths and then everybody falls apart. So, but I think people can understand that, how that click mentality, 
you know, works. I'm sure people, I'm sure adults with kids, this kind of was a mind blowing part of, uh, raising a child is the, the mentality sometimes can hold through the parents. Like, do you ever, I don't know if you had that through your kids growing up or whatever. And you're just like, really? And I'm sure a lot of people still say that, like, we're so not in high school anymore, you know? (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. True. That can be problematic. And so, yeah. So just to think, I guess group thinks an example that gives us the, you know, maybe more of an appreciation for differing views, like an acceptance and accepting people with differing views and that it's a good thing because it's actually a quality we want in the world. We want that kind of cross-functional look and different people to be coming from different perspectives and sp- and speaking up and, and bringing things to our attention if we've been overlooking something. Right. So another, I have another, um, <clears throat> An actual practice, a mindful practice, and it's to open up, and it's an acronym, O-P-E-N, to open up. So if we are looking to be a little bit more open and find common ground, the O stands for open to whatever shows up, including different opinions. So again, this is like a pause. You're open. You're not ready with your argument. You're not, you know, armoring up for a fight. You're really just open to whatever shows up. And and maybe it's even your own emotions. Like you weren't going to say a peep, but you're open to whatever emotions you're having when you're listening to this person maybe talk on a topic that has a very diverse view from your own. So that's the O. The P is pause to hear and feel. So you're pausing to listen and you're pausing to feel your feelings. The E is engage awareness by being curious about any of your body sensations, emotions, or thoughts. So now you're seeing your thoughts, you know, not necessarily being your thoughts, as we've talked about before. You are getting in touch with your body sensations. You know, are you getting warm? Are you tingling? Are you uh, clenching your fists? <laughs> you know, you might even be feeling all those things. Just kind of become aware of that. And then the N is notice the benefits of exploring a wider view. So notice if that has broadened your view in any way. It doesn't mean that you agree, but that we in finding common ground, this is an opportunity for you to learn more again, to not be right, but to get it right. And it's more of an opinion to bring you closer to the truth. It might not be the truth that someone else is speaking, but you can listen. And it doesn't mean you're dropping your position or, you know, I think sometimes you might be fearful that maybe that's even subconscious, fearful that it might change your mind and you don't want it to. Um, but again, like that armored shut down. So this is about opening. So open to whatever shows up, including different opinions. The P is pause and hear and feel. The E is engage awareness by being curious about body sensations, emotions, and thoughts. And then the N is notif- notice the benefits of a wider view. You know, you might leave that conversation feeling like you have learned something. You may not change your view, but you might have learned something, maybe even just something about that person and their perspective and their view. And maybe that's a person that's uh, significant in your life or a loved family member. So I have a family history of grudges, <laughs> oh. <laughs> extended, extended relatives, but, uh, pretty good lineage of it you know this person wasn't talking to so and so so i kind of grew up not falling falling into the trap so i would still talk to aunts and uncles and cousins and whoever was not speaking to each other and i know because i always felt like it wasn't really my conflict so you know Mm -hmm. so we always try to maintain that and and it always worked out for my benefit like most people weren't angry that I talked to so-and-so or whatever. It came up on occasion, you know, but I had to, even as a kid, you know, still say, well, I'm not really sure what happened in between here, but, uh, you know, you're still my relatives and, you know, so I tried to avoid that now because I, 
you know, I would not put my own child in that position to not speak to somebody who wronged me if they're still friends. And, and I realize like how destructive it can be for generations and generations of people. Um, had I not still stayed in touch with, you know, relatives that I, that quite frankly, I found out later that some people were, I was related to, I never even knew because of these. Yeah. We, I did a family tree in um, high school one time and there's a kid that I didn't really know well that sat next to me and we had, we did a family tree and it turned out we had the same members on the tree. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) You were cousins and you didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. But because it went back so far, like his grandparents, great grandparents were feuding with my great grandparents and whatever it was, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, it's strange. Interesting. A lineage of grudges. I, I really like that. That's, that is very interesting and that you saw through it. That you felt like you didn't need to carry the grudge on behalf of someone else, even as a kid. Yeah, and I guess to the the adults benefit. I mean, there was some, you know, gossip and blah blah between them, but I really never knew the whole story either. So they either shut, you know, shielded. Maybe something really bad did happen. I mm-hmm. don't know, but they kind of shielded us from that. We didn't really know. Um, and then they also didn't. Um, because then I had other relatives who still talked to other people, so I would go visit with them and stuff. And, and no one, you know, made me feel bad about it or anything. They probably mm. weren't pleased, but at the same token, they didn't put that on me either. Well, that's good. Yeah. And, you know, our ego gets offended by a lot. And and the our awareness of that is, you know, that is the part of us. That is the part of us that would be offended by something and hold a grudge and be angry at someone. So when we're aware of that, we can think around it. You know, we don't, we don't have to be that grudge and we, it doesn't have to be the truth for us. We can think about, you know, what good it does us. And, and maybe in some, in some respects, it does keep someone, keep some people apart. And, you know, maybe there is no need and no interest in finding common ground. We're just done with someone. Um, but in families, it's a, it's a way, you know, to just find common ground. And maybe different people are speaking different languages. They have different senses of humor. These are the things that pull us apart. Somebody said something. And then, you know, if, if, if somebody does something very egregious, I suppose it's anyone's right to just separate themselves from right. that person. So, but it is from our ego that we would have that, that split. We would have that offense. Yeah. Do you ever have that experience like in school when you were in school and like, I don't know, a new kid started or whatever. And then everybody's like, Oh, well, don't talk to them because they, whatever. And then they, they have like this whole chain of gossip about a person and no one ever gave them a chance because all they ever heard was rumors, you know. I'm sure it still happens in the workplace, too, you know, where, oh, well, Mary Lou is starting today and I heard that she was. And then yeah. poor Mary Lou never gets a chance, you know. Nobody ever investigates Mary Lou because they, they've already written her off, you know. It's so sad. Which is a, it's a great point because it is very sad and we do want to avoid that. We really do. We want to have an openness, meet people with openness. One thing I can say for sure is, you know, it is mindful to not be judgmental and to be open. And I will tell you that is the person other people gravitate to. If you want to be that person everyone's comfortable around, it is, if you ask me, what's the one thing, Kim, you can only say one thing. It's the fact that that person is non-judgmental. I would say that that is my number one um, for that person that everyone wants to be around. They don't feel judged. We do feel uncomfortable if we feel like people are judging us for, you know, everything from how we work to how we look to, you know, how we treat our kids to everything, you know, how we clean our house, everything. And so that can be a very big um, split between people, you know, then someone's going to be guarded and, and then not feel comfortable around you. And we don't have to do it again. It's our ego staying busy. 
It yeah. really is. And it's our ego trying to feel better about itself. Well, at least I keep a house better than so-and-so. Or, you know, it, it is, it's a little lift that is then like lets us down. It's only yeah. momentary. It lifts our self-worth up a little bit. And it happens so quick that most people don't even realize what they're doing. I don't know if I can verbalize what I'm trying to, what I'm thinking here, but what is it fair to say? So you and I meet, we don't know each other. And I am all over in my mind, like she's looking at how I dress and how my gray hair is coming in and she's making fun of my t-shirt that I'm wearing. Those thoughts sort of originate because that's what I would be thinking of you, right? Potentially. You see what I'm saying? It's like a reflect my, my, what I think your judgment of me is, could be a reflection of what I would be judging about you. Yes. Okay. Or, and I'll say an or too, or you, the people you are normally around, you feel like do that. So let's just say you don't do that. But if that is your worldview and you're used to your mother, your aunts, your coworkers, you know, you're in, you're swimming in that environment, mm-hmm. you will think I'm going to do the same thing. You're, you're going to actually think that that's how everyone thinks. Yeah. And Ooh. so that is, that can be very divisive. You know, yeah. one, one of the things is that the, for common ground is, you know, they're a human being just like me. And they want to be treated with respect, just like me. I am telling you, ever since I've learned of that approach, like approaching people in that vein is so refreshing. And so uh, there's like no pressure. Like I immediately will be like, they're probably just worried like I am. And then I become more kind because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Right? It's a fascinating uh experiment the first few times i did it well and even it feels so much better i have to say say someone shows up again they're acting totally like you don't even get it right mm-hmm. you're like what is what's with this person why are they acting a certain way it's such a great thing to just get curious yeah. Like, well, I wonder, I wonder what, oh, that person's very boastful. You know, I just start pondering it rather than be offended. I'll tell For you, sure. it's a lot, it's a lot less stressful. Instead of being offended, um, I will get curious, like, hmm, I wonder what's going on with that person or, you know, w- how they're different than my, me and how it's okay that they're different from me, mm-hmm. how they are just them. They are themselves. And so really, uh, that can also, it can also bring me to, oh, what's the different perspective there? Yeah. And what might be really going on? Maybe someone's really insecure. So they came in, you know, bragging and, and overcompensating. Maybe I, what I realized when I pondered it with curiosity in my mindful moment around that situation was that, oh, I think they're a little nervous that, yeah. that we might be judging or, you know, they, they're new to the trivia team and they're sounding very boastful, but maybe they just want to fit in and they want to feel like they belong and maybe they're feeling a little insecure. Yeah. So I know I've done that my whole life, like sort of investigating people why they, and so I was just thinking about all the guests that I have and, and up front, I mean, the majority of people I've interviewed, uh, for slightly unmeditated have just been golden. I know right from the start where like they come in happy and everybody's open minded. Like, so it's a great starting point. It's a great. Uh, commonality to have, right, in this particular situation. And then there's a couple times, you know, and I don't know any of these people. I just see them like we're looking at each other right now. Um, and I have to kind of process, go through that, like what's happening? Oh, how is this going to go off? Like just in the five seconds of conversation we have, you know, and I do see later people will relax into the conversation. And I realize, okay, well, maybe I, I'll even think about this while we're talking. Like maybe I was a little judgmental. I thought they might be a little bit this or that. And then it turns out that they're not, but that they're nervous. Mm-hmm. And my last uh guest one of my last guests that I just interviewed it was the very first time <laughs> this is so crazy in all of the episodes that I have been uh recording that 
I even considered what somebody on the other side of the screen is thinking, meeting me. I've never occurred to me before this guest. She was like, I was a little nervous. I didn't know if I was going to have enough stuff to say. And I, it like dawned on me like a ton of bricks. Like I've never considered it. <laughs> so that demonstrates how it, right. We are really living our own experience from the inside out. Right. Well, I, I'm trying to be accommodating. I want to let him know it's going to be like just a conversation. So I'm, putting effort into making things feel comfortable. I'm not just dismissing it totally, but it never occurred to me what it would be like because no one's ever asked me to be on their podcast, right? So ah, I've point. never been a guest on somebody else's show. This one doesn't count because we've been doing it like this from the start, but I've yes. never been a guest somewhere else. So it occurred to me in that moment that I don't have that experience of what it feels like to meet of of to do this and it was mind blowing because i've been doing this for like two years a year and a half yeah yeah and so you touch on another point that sometimes we don't real we we couldn't fathom because we really don't we sometimes think we're the amateur and and so everyone else is doing it better they're more the expert and yeah. so that you know that kind of different perspective shifting is important and and I do think that people are more alike than different. And so we we have so much commonality. We are all dealing with the same struggles of ego and worthiness and just this crazy human experience, being maybe too busy, maybe someone feels rushed and unprepared. There's a whole bunch of reasons why people might not behave or talk or do anything the way we might think that they should. And I found that the, the deeper I go into mindfulness and my own mindfulness practice is I don't want to judge other people. I really don't. I really don't. All evidence could show me that someone's, you know, just not, not doing right by someone else, but I really would then think about what might be under that. I really don't feel comfortable judging someone else. And I think it's possible for us to get there and possible to find more common ground than disparate ground in any situation, whether it's small or big. Yeah. I w we've talked about this before, and I remember very clearly asking this question, but I think it's important you reiterate this, that it is human for the idea to cross your mind, the judgment, whatever, in a, in a flash, maybe a, a prolonged period of time, but it doesn't mean it has to come out your mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is human to maybe think about it for a moment, but you don't have to act on it. I don't want people feeling like, well, I can't stop the judgments in my head. Like it just showed up, you know, because <laughs> right. we do and those it, things. Yeah. It does. Uh, it's very human. It's very human. But as we know, with our thoughts, we can challenge them and we can question them. So you could get introspective too. So someone that does feel like they judge a lot of other people, that's okay. Like, I don't want you to be ashamed about that. Just get, you know, con contemplate what when that's happening for you. Look inward and say, oh, that's interesting. I'm starting to notice all these judgments. You know, what does that mean? Is that just my brain keeping busy? Does it really matter? Yeah. Um, and get, get a little in touch with the thoughts, the stream of thoughts that are just coming to you. Right. I just didn't want people to leave and be like, well, I can't, I can't seem to help it, you know, but it doesn't mean you have to act on it or react on it. it it's, it's like an opportunity for growth. Why did I think that? You know, like you said, get curious about it. Curiosity is an amazing thing because it really can redirect your attention in, in the right way. And, you know, I, we just did our off the shelf, but I remember Michael Beckwith was saying uh, something along the lines. Oh, now I've forgotten. As I was thinking, <laughs> oh, life is about the um, life experiences come from the questions you ask. That's what it was. Yeah. Mm. So it's about the questions that you're asking is, is could determine the trajectory of your day, of your minute, of your life. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. And, and you just, if you start to feel yourself getting stirred up, stressed out, finding, you know, aggravated, finding yourself in a, this oppositional type of feeling with someone else, even if they're someone on the TV that you're hearing, like it doesn't even need to be a person that's in the room with you. Um, just finding that common ground getting curious as to why the person feels that way is a great shift. Beginner's mind, maybe you listen, maybe you withhold judgment and you just kind of actively listen to learn a little bit more about why they feel that way without feeling like you're releasing your own belief system. Yeah. Here's a, here's a simple one that just came to my mind. So you're watching the wheel of fortune the answer is so clear to you and you're yelling at the tv you're an idiot pick an h how can you not see that however if they were on the other end in front of all the cameras and a live studio audience and pat sajak <laughs> they probably would have the same reaction right like it's not as easy as it looks but how many people sit in front of the tv when jeopardy or you know whatever and they're yelling answers and calling people idiots you know <laughs> or like when my husband's watching sports he's like that guy gets paid five million dollars a year uh -huh. 400 million dollars i don't know what <laughs> it's like and i go but they're not robots yeah they're still gonna make mistakes on the field Right. Well, it's so commonplace that we can do that. We're sitting in the living room, we're yelling at TV people who are never going to hear us. And then yeah. we advance to social media where people actually do hear us, but we forget that they hear us and that they're actually people on the other end of those comments. And then it kind of goes down the line, you know. Interesting. Well, I'm, you know, I, I actually, you mentioned social media. It wasn't anything I had thought I was going to mention, but I, you know, definitely pause before posting. I think people do need to be more respectful and kind. And I think that's how we can find common ground. It, it, if you, you know, just kind of think about if we posted something, what is the reaction that we would want on our page? And then do that in the reverse for someone because, you know, no one wants their posts hijacked by someone ripping them apart. I don't think. Good or bad, right? So it, if you're not tending to post bad posts, quote unquote, bad posts, negative posts or whatever, even your positive ones could be twisted in some fashion and become a whole thing. I, I that's, I just got to the point where I post like puns and funny jokes and <laughs> no one's had a negative reaction to it yet, you know, but I think about that and I, and I definitely see how people don't pause. Like it's whatever comes in their mind is what's going through their fingers and, oh, it's so cringy a little bit to, to, to think how wrong that can go. Yeah. And it can do some real damage. So thinking about that ahead of time, it can do horrible damage, hurt someone terribly. If they, you know, that's cyberbullying. It I doesn't mean, go away either. Anybody can screenshot it into, you know, infinity and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So we want to be, be careful, no matter how passionate we are, that we're not cyberbullying someone um, in any direction. By, I hadn't even thought about that. But, you know, that's where sometimes we don't have common ground and there might be some uh, posts and then there's some fighting. I mean, we've had a lot in the world lately that's been debatable. Let's just put it that way. Right. There's a lot of things going on right now that could easily be a debate, a fight, um, just differing views. We do have a lot of differing views. And I really like what um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Antonin Scalia on the Supreme Court, you know, here they were, you know, two ends of the spectrum politically, but had a great friendship, loved talking to each other they, in such a respectful way. Might we be all a little bit more like that? You know, we can listen. We, we can listen to each other without feeling like it's rocking our world. Yeah, it makes you such a more 
well-rounded person to have all different kinds of experiences rather than just the one that you're used to having. You know, that's what they talk about stepping out of your comfort zone. It's not just getting a new job and all that stuff. (laughs) You know, the typical stepping out of your comfort zone. Maybe you're like intimidated by your neighbor or something, you know, you you think whatever you think about them, you know, have a conversation with them. And, you know, so often people are like, I was so surprised. I was not expecting that. Go to Norway, rent a, rent a person for 30 minutes, you know, listen to their <laughs> life story. I love that. That sounds great. That sounds great. Well, yeah, finding in finding common ground, there's, it's there. It's there to be found. So do we care about finding it? I guess maybe that's it. What's under all of this is do we want to find some common ground? And, and I think too, in most common frustration of not having common ground and having differing views, people get stressed, irritated and aggravated or, you know, feel like they're more right than someone else and want to, Keep that in check. We're going to get curious about that. What is your ego stake in this? You know, what is the ego stake in this? Why is this getting you so frustrated? And I do think that there, we'll find in the perspectives that, you know, different people are probably approaching the same problem from a different angle. Was it Albert Einstein that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results? So Mm -hmm. if you're not getting the different results, maybe try a new way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you've been debating people for a while um, and or judging them or feeling stressed out because you don't you don't get why they see something do to twist it up a bit. Shake things up and do find that common ground. What is the same? How are they just like you? How is that other person just like you? And listen to what their thoughts are with openness and curiosity. It doesn't mean you have to believe what they believe. Nope. Well, the last one. Okay. So before we end, here's it. The last one is sometimes we can agree to disagree. Yeah. And then there is your common ground. You've agreed to disagree and respect each other. Right. Save all the energy, move along. There's probably something new to argue about just around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so much love to give. So thank you, Tisha. (laughs) This has been great, actually. A really great topic. I hope we've got people thinking and we hope you're feeling a bit more centered. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of Find Your Center. You can reach out to me at kperone at center4c.com or connect with us on the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram page or email us at goodvibes at slightlyunmeditated.com. That's all for today. I'm Kim Perone helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.